The book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 45. Psalm chapter 45. Last week we talked about uh, who will be your champion. And uh, we talked about the fact that, again, there was a champion named uh, Goliath Gath who was a champion. He was the champion and he was their champion as far as the Philistines are concerned. And how David came along and destroyed and defeated their champion. We see that in 1 Samuel chapter 17. But tonight I want to consider another similar message along the same lines, but it'll be along this lines here tonight. Who will be your heroine? Who will be your heroine? And again, we'll look at a, a couple, three different Hebrew heroines in the Bible. And again, I'll explain what a heroine is, just in case you don't know. But uh, Psalm chapter 45, I want to start out with these verses in verse number 9 through verse number 13, where the Bible talks about the king's daughters. And uh, again, we'll just begin here. Verse number 9, it says, uh, The king's daughters were among the honorable women. Upon thy right hand did stand the queen in gold ophir. Hearken, O daughter, and consider, and incline thy ear. Forget also thine own people in thy father's house. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty, for he is thy Lord, and worship him. The daughter of Tyre shall be there with a gift. Even the rich among the people shall entreat their, thy favor. The king's daughters, the king's daughter, is all glorious within. Her clothing is wrought in gold goes on from there, but I just want to stop there. The king's daughter is all glorious within. I want to speak tonight here about some female heroines of the Old Testament. Let's pray as we consider them here tonight. Father, thank you, Lord, again for your word here tonight. And as we consider some heroines of uh, history, I pray that you would again help each one to see what a heroine should be like and can be like. Again, help each one of us to seek to be Again, uh, as much as possible, help and a blessing to our country and to other people as we can possibly be. Help us to make a difference and an influence in other people's lives. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. I want to start out with a definition of a heroine. Again, I just looked online a little bit. And, and again, I looked at the definition of a heroine. And there were several things that came out concerning this. But I'll give you some definitions, again, that I believe would line up with what a heroine is as far as a, a woman, a female hero. First of all, a heroine is a female hero. I saw also as a definition a woman noted for her courage or a daring action. A woman noted for special achievements. A woman possessing heroic qualities. A woman known for her brave deeds or noble qualities. And so you see in the Bible and in history, heroines. Again, as I was looking at heroines, I, I saw, again, it noted in one of the definitions of heroines, a couple of names that probably are uh, familiar to you, Rosa Parks. Uh, most of you, if you had history, American history, you would know who Rosa Parks is. And uh, they had also Eleanor Roosevelt. Now, I'm not sure about Eleanor Roosevelt, but... Uh, she certainly must be a heroine of some. So they had her as heroines of history. 
But I thought about American history and I thought about who would have been one of the first heroines of American history. If you, can, if you could come up with the first uh, female heroine of American history, who might it be? I'll give you a name. Betsy Ross. Betsy Ross. It was daring for her to put forth a flag for the continental, again, America at that time. I mean, just thinking about doing that and then being called upon by George Washington and several others to create a flag that represent independence and it would be the American flag, an American flag. And so I think about heroines, and certainly there are ones in American history that have been noted for their daring acts, their courage, their special achievements, and possessing hero qualities. But as we consider the Bible here, I want to consider three Hebrew heroes, heroines of Israel's history. And again, I think about these individuals, again, being honorable Women. Verse number nine says this. King's daughters were among thy honorable women. Honorable women. And then verse 13 says, The king's daughter is all glorious within. And so I want to consider some Hebrew heroines here tonight. And again, we're going to look at three of them. There are more than that, certainly in history, as far as Israel's heroes or Judah's heroes or, or again, Bible heroes that we could consider. But let's first of all consider what I might consider or most might consider as the first heroine of Jewish history. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. Again, the history of Israel, again, is noted in the Bible. And again, this woman here is part of that history. Again, American history has their heroines and their heroes. Certainly, again, you could note some of them. But we find in the Bible, if we go back to Exodus chapter 2, what I believe is, again, maybe the first case of a heroine in Israel's history or Old Testament history. Now, there may be others I've maybe overlooked or haven't considered but again, this is certainly a notable one here. Exodus chapter 2 and verse number 1, I want to read a little bit about this heroine. This heroine was but a, a daughter, a young person. And certainly she is noted among those in Israel's history. Verse 1, it says, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife of the daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him he was a goodly child she hid him three months and when she could not no longer hide him she took him uh, uh, took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and pitch and put the child therein and she laid the in the flags of the river's brink and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be, be done to him and pharaoh's uh, sorry and the daughter of pharaoh came down to the to wash herself in the river and her maidens walked among the rivers and she and when she saw the ark among the flags she sent her maid to fetch it and when she had opened it she saw the child and behold the babe wept and she had compassion on him and said this is one of the hebrews children then said his sister and that would be miriam to pharaoh's daughter 
Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew woman, that she may nurse a child for thee? And the Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give thee wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she, was called, and she called him Moses as, and said, Because I drew him out of the water. And it goes on and talks about Moses here in the Bible. Moses wouldn't be alive or wouldn't have lived if it hadn't been for a daughter named Miriam. Miriam saved her baby brother. That's what heroes do. They are involved with heroic acts, daring acts, courageous acts. But she helped save her brother. Miriam is looked as a heroine also for possessing heroic qualities, being brave and noble, and actually being a national leader. Now, we may not look at her as a national leader. Some may not look at her as a national leader, but she was a national leader. Again, I want us to look in the Bible at Micah chapter 6, if you would, with me. Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. Towards the end of the Old Testament, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah. And then you have the book of Micah. And again, Micah chapter 6 and uh, verse number 4 mentions Miriam. We may not know this about Miriam, or you may not know this about Miriam, but the Bible says something particular about Miriam here. In Micah chapter 6, verse number 4, it says, And I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, and redeemed thee out of the house of thy servants. And I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Someone says, well, yeah, sent Moses and Aaron. Sent Miriam? Yes, Miriam. Miriam was a lady who led ladies, certainly in the Bible. And she certainly would be considered a national hero when it comes to Israel. There would be no Moses leading the people of God out of the wilderness towards the promised land without Miriam's heroic act of helping take care of her baby brother when he was not able to take care of himself. And also going there to that queen, uh, that prince, princess there, and, and talking to her about uh, nursing this young baby. Again, this courage, again, places her in the place of what I believe a heroic type individual in the Old Testament, Miriam being a hero sister, a heroic daughter, a heroic national leader. Let's turn to Judges chapter 4. Who are the heroes of the Old Testament? Well, mainly men, but who are the heroines of uh, the Bible? There are some notable names among the heroines of the Bible, women heroes of the Bible, women with courage, women that cared and dared, women with faith, women that were strong in a sense, leaders in their own rights, certainly at different times. I want to read about a second one here in the Bible, probably one of the most powerful women of the Old Testament, one of the most noble women of all history. Certainly, I believe she was a national hero also for the Jews, for Israel. 
And I want to read a little bit about her. And you probably know who I'm talking about, but I want to consider Deborah. Deborah. In Judges chapter 4, again, we're just going to look at a little bit about Deborah. Judges chapter 4, verse number 4 through verse number 10, it says, And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, she judged Israel at that time. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. And she sent to call Barak, the son of Abinamim, of the uh, Kedosh, Naphtali, and saith unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali and the children of Zebulun? And I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon, Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thy hand. And Barak said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey shall not, that thou takest, shall not be for thy honor, for the Lord shall send, shall sell, sorry, Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. And he went up with 10,000 men at his feet. And Deborah went up with him. You know, one of the national heroes of the Jews, I would guess, and I would say by the scriptures, was this Deborah. And the Bible describes her as being a wife, a prophetess, a judge, a patriot, a woman of faith, a woman honorable, honorable within. Deborah was a strong woman, definitely. She assisted Barak in doing the will of God. And again, you look in the Bible here and you see her as a prophetess. Now, that's certainly unusual. I get that. You see her also as a judge. I see that in verse number five. And one might say, why? Because she was spiritual. Because she was strong. Again, because God chose her. Deborah is an example of a powerful, influential person, a woman of faith, a hero in her own right. You see then the Bible, she calls this man to faith, this Barak to lead. And you see there again in verse number six, he tell, she tells him, she's a prophetess, she, she says go and, and go again here with these men and go with these uh, people, these men and fight with Sisera and, and destroy them and overtake them and deliver them. And uh, in verse number eight, you see there, it says, And Barak said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. You see him not being maybe that strong in faith. But maybe also he believes, again, Deborah, if she goes with him, will be a help to him to encourage him in faith. And so, Again, he says, I'll go if you go with me. I'm not going to go unless you're going with me. And so Deborah is a kind of person, as a woman, that is a help to her country as she encourages Barak to do the will of God. But she not only encourages Barak to do the will of God, she's willing to do the will of God with him. And so she goes along with him. 
It says that last part of the verse in verse number 9. It says, Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kadesh. So you see a team there. In verse number 10, it says, Deborah went up with him. These men went. Their leader went. And this prophetess, this wife went. And again, you see there in the Bible that she was definitely a national type of a leader. In fact, you read about her in the next chapter, in Judges chapter 5, if you read along with me, the first seven verses of the Word of God here in Judges chapter 5, it says, Then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinam, on that day, so they sang together, a duet, people would say, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves. Hear, O ye kings, give ear, O ye princes, I am and I will sing on the Lord. I will sing praise on the Lord God of Israel, Lord when thou wentest up to Seir, when thou marchest out of the field of Edom, the earth trembled, the heavens dropped, the clouds also dropped water, so it rained. And the mountains melted from before the Lord, even in Sinai, before the Lord God. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jabo, uh, Jael, uh, the highways were unoccupied, and the travers walked through byways, the inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose. I arose a mother of Israel. They chose new gods. Then was war in the gates. Was there a shield or spear seen among 40,000 in Israel? Goes on and says some other things, but I just want to mention it. It says in verse number seven, I, Deborah, arose. And I rose a mother in Israel. So not only she was a wife, she was a mother. The Bible doesn't even describe her having children or how many children she had, but you find in the Bible she was a mother, she was a wife, she was a prophetess, she was a help to a barrack. She sang this song with him. They went to battle together. They won in battle together. She was a female heroine. Who is a Deborah type today? A Deborah type today would be a woman who can influence men to do more for God, to encourage them to have faith in God, to encourage sons and daughters, uh, anyone that they can, to do something for God and for the truth. They influence the next generation. Again, I'll have you, if you would, just turn to 2 Timothy there in the New Testament, 2 Timothy in the New Testament who are Deborah types today? They are people that influence others towards the will and way of God. They may be in a position of leadership. They may be in a position in a family. They may be in a position, maybe in a business, whatever it might be. And they make a difference, influencing others for God and others to have faith in God, faith and trust in God. Notice we see in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 5, an influential grandmother and an influential mother. I'm sure you're familiar with them, but I want to read just briefly about them. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, it says, What I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and in thy mother Eunice, and am also persuaded in thee also. So the unfeigned faith, which is a sincere, true, genuine type of faith, first dwelt in Lois, and then in Eunice, and then in Timothy. So we have the ability to be a help and an encourager of faith as both men and women. And so we see the example of Deborah as being a national 
archetypal heroine in the Old Testament. But I'd like us to turn, if you would, to the book of Esther, if you would. You've got the Kings, the Chronicles, and then you have Nehemiah. And then after the book of Nehemiah, you have the book of Esther. And uh, again, as I think about the heroines of Jewish history, Israel's history, and again, I'm not knowing for sure if this would be correct to say, but I would have to say the most influential of of all the heroines in in their history as far as influencing the faith and helping the faith to continue was that of Esther. And again, I just want to read a little bit about her. I'll spend more time about uh, Esther's life here tonight because I see her as a national hero that has some very heroic type qualities, qualities that you should seek as a young lady or young man to have. And so we're going to look at Esther a little bit here tonight. Esther chapter 2 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And after these things, when the wrath of Asarias was appeased, he, re- he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what, she, what, he, uh, what was decreed against her. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, Let there be fair young virgins sought for the king, and let the king appoint of officers in all the province of the kingdom that they may gather all the fair young uh, virgins onto Shushan the palace to the house of the women onto the custody of Hagi, Hagi sorry, uh, the king's chamberlain keeper of the women and let their things be given for purification be given to them and let the maiden which pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti and the thing pleased the king and he did so Now in Shushan the palace there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jerai, the son of Shemai, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity, which had been carried away with Jokaliah, the king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. And so it came to pass when the king's commandment and the decree was heard, and when many maids were gathered together at Shushan the palace to, to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Haggai, uh, Haggai, or however, Hagi, or whatever his name is, keeper of the women. Uh, but we find here in the Bible, Esther. And the Bible says in verse number seven, her name was Hadassah. Again, the name Hadassah, again, is again a name for myrtle or a type of tree. But it seems like her name was changed to Esther, or at least that's how we know her. That is Esther. And it mentions again her uh, and her family and that sort of thing. Uh, her father and mother are dead. In verse number seven. And he took her for his own daughter. So what do you have in the Bible? You have an uncle by the name of Mordecai that takes this Esther to be his daughter. And you find her uh, chosen amongst these, uh, again, these different women to be in a place where she might be called to be uh, the queen of a vast dynasty. 
And uh, you find in the Bible this, this, this lady, this young lady, I would guess, uh, to be a faithful daughter. I want to read on there a little bit there. In verse number uh, 8 it says, So it came to pass when the king's commandment and the king's decree was heard that when many, many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the palace to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Haggai, the, key, uh, the keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him, and she speedily gave her her things for purification with such things that belonged to her, and seven maidens which also were to meet with her out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maidens unto the best of the palace of the house of the women. Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that he should not show it. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what would become of her. And so you see there in the Bible, Esther and talks a little bit about her and talks about Mordecai. I just want to mention Mordecai was very protective as her, again, you would call maybe stepfather or stepdad. He was a step-uncle. But uh, took care of her, watched over her, cared over her. The Bible mentions again as she was called in this position of possibly being a candidate and found favor with the king and all these kind of things. In verse number 11 it says, last part, to know how Esther did and what should be come of her. And so you have a, a good uncle, a great uncle who took in this daughter after her parents had died and you see in the Bible this woman to be a woman who was chosen to have favor with the king. I want to read on there, verse number 15. It says, Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abinahil, the uncle of Mordecai, who was taken her for his daughter, was come to go on to the king, she acquired nothing but that Haggai, the king's chamber, the keeper of the women, appointed her, and Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her, so Esther was taken to King Azarias into his house royal in the tenth month, which is in the month Tebeth, uh, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women. She attained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he was set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Now you see here in the Bible an adopted person placed in a position to be queen. Esther is a special lady as she was chosen to be the queen of Persia. Again, this dynasty extended over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. Very large. She replaced Vashti as queen. And we note in the Bible that she was, again, someone that found favor in the eyes of the king. But I'm going to read verse number 20 here. The Bible says, And Esther had not yet showed her kindred, nor her people, as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther did the commandment of Mordecai, like as when she was brought up with him. And I just want to mention this about Esther. She was definitely someone who was submissive to Mordecai. Submissive to his orders, submissive to his authority, the Bible mentions there, uh, Mordecai charged her not to tell about 
you know, her family history. And so she didn't say anything about that. And she did that, I believe, wisely. She becomes the king's wife there. Verse number 21, it says, In those days while Mordecai sat at the king's gate, uh, two of the king's chamberlains, Bignath and and Teresh, of those who kept the door, were wroth and sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it to Esther, the queen. And Esther certified the king, therefore, in Mordecai's name. And when the inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out. Therefore, they were both hanged on a tree. And it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. And so, again, I just want you to know it's just a little bit about this Esther. She was someone who was faithful to her uncle, obeyed his orders, became the husband of this king and was faithful to him as a wife. When a conspiracy came up against her husband, she faithfully let her husband know about it and those who were involved with the conspiracy were put to death. But then you have chapter 3 come in. And I just want to mention this. I'm sure this is what you're more, maybe more familiar with. But uh, chapter 3, verse number 1, it says, And after these things did the king Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Haman, uh, uh, Anath of Agite, and, and advanced him and set him on uh, his seat above all the princes that were with him and all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and revered Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him, but Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reference. It says, And then the king's servants, which were the king's gate, said to Mordecai, Why transgresses the king's commandment? He goes on and mentions why he's not going to do that. I want to skip to verse number 6. It says, And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for it had shown him the people of Mordecai. Therefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews, that were throughout the whole kingdom of Hazarias, even the people of, of Mordecai. And so there's a desire for the first under the king to put all the Jews to death. And again, the story goes on there. If you look at chapter uh, 3, there, verse number 8, it says, And Haman said unto King Hazarias, There is a certain people scattered abroad, dispersed among the people in all the province of the kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all the people, neither keep they the king's law. Therefore, is not the king's prophets to suffer them. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. And I'll pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hand of those that have the charge of this business to bring it into the king's dresser. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it to Haman, the son of Arad, the Agagite, the Jews' enemy and the king said to Haman, The silver is given to thee and to thy people to do with them as seemeth good. And when the king's scribes saw that, and it goes on and talks about this thing being sealed and all these kind of things, there was certainly going to be trouble there in the land for anyone who was a Jew. Verse 13, it says, And the letters were sent by post to all the king's province to destroy, to kill, to cause to perish all the Jews, both young and old, little children and men, in, in one day, even upon the 13th day of the 12th month, which is in the month Adar, to take and spoil of them for prey. So the commandment is basically exterminate the Jews. Kill all the Jews. And you know the story here that Esther ends up standing up for the Jews. 
for Israel. Just want to read just a little bit about this. Esther chapter 4, and uh, let's look at verse number 16 and verse number 17. I'm sure you know the story, and so I'm not going to spend a lot of time with that. Verse 15, it says, Then Esther bade them return Mordecai's answer, Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, fast ye for me, neither eat nor drink three days or night. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. I just want to mention why she is a heroine. First of all, for her faithfulness. Secondly, for her fearlessness. If I perish, I perish. Esther is an example of a godly woman, a godly queen, who by prayer and fasting, encouraged others to pray for her, and she was going to go before the king to request that something be done about this matter. Chapter 5, verse number 1, it says there, Now it came to pass in the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house, over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the, in the royal house, over against the gate of the house. And it was so when the king saw Esther, the queen, stand in the court, that she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther, the golden sepulcher that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the sepulcher. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther? And what is thy caress? And it shall be given to thee, to the half of the kingdom. And Esther said, If it be seem to be good in the king, let the king and Haman come and make a banquet, for I prepared for them. And so she requests for a banquet to be made. And again, you see her again there in verse number seven, make a second request. It says, then answered Esther, my petition and my request is this, I have found favor in thy sight. If it please the king to grant my petition, to perform my request, that the king and Haman come and prepare a banquet that I shall prepare for them. I'll do tomorrow, as king said, and goes on and says some more things. I don't want to go too far into this or spend too much time with this. But you see her fearlessness, you see her request of her husband, a special request for a banquet. Again, I believe this banquet was to help prepare for an appeal that she would have to make to him. And uh, let's read on there in, in chapter, uh, chapter 7. This is the appeal that most of us are familiar with, the appeal where she appeals for her people to be delivered from death. Chapter 7, verse number 2, it says, And the king said again unto Esther the second day at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it was grant, and it shall be granted to thee. And what is thy request? And it shall be for even to the half of thy kingdom. Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given to me at thy petition, and my people at my request. For we were sold. I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I had held my tongue, although the enemy could not have court to veil the king's damage. Then King Asterias answered and said unto Esther, Who is he, or where is he, that durst presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, The adversary and enemies, the wicked Haman, then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And the king, arising from the banquet of wine in his wrath, went to the palace guards. And Haman stood up 
to make request for his life to Esther the queen, for she saw that there was evil determined against him. Then the king returned out of his palace garden and talks about some other things. But anyways, in the end, Haman is hanged and the Jews are saved. Again, you say, how did she become this hero, this heroine through faithfulness, through fearlessness, and thirdly, through tactfulness. Through tactfulness. She went to her husband, the queen, and made a, an appeal, a request to him, and did so respectfully, patiently, and helpfully for God's people. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 25. I don't want to extend the lesson here too, too long here tonight, but who will be your heroine? Who are, who are the world's heroines? Who are God's heroines? Uh, God's heroines are people that do heroic things for God and for good, that make a difference in the life of different people, whether it's their own children or other people that they may be able to influence. Proverbs chapter 25 and uh, verse number 15. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse number 15. The Bible says this. It says, By long forbearing is the prince persuaded, and a soft tongue breaketh the bone. I believe her feast that she made and her appeals that she made and the talk she did helped her to make a difference there. Let's turn back to Proverbs chapter 15, if you would. Proverbs 15, verse number 1, verse number 2. Sometime maybe in your life you may have to make an appeal of some time in some position that you're in. A soft answer, a humble request is the best way to find favor in the sight of whoever you might need to find favor in. It says there in Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 1, it says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. And so if you went back and looked at Esther's command or her demand, she pleaded for her life, and she pleaded for the life of her people. And her request was made known, and her request was granted. Esther is an example of a heroic individual in the Bible. Let's turn back to Psalm chapter 45, verse number 9 through 14. Esther is a godly woman who was an orphan as a daughter, orphan to her uncle Mordecai that took care of her, that allowed for her to be used of God to be able to deliver God's people. She would be considered to me, if I was a Jew, certainly a hero and someone who saved many lives from death by putting her life on the line. The Bible says in Psalm 45, verse number 9, it says, King's daughters were among the honorable women. Upon the right hand did stand the queen. And Goldolfer mentions again the king's daughters being honorable women. Verse number 13, it says, The king's daughter is glorious within, her clothing is wrought in gold. And I don't know what her apparel was like, or that the Bible talks about putting on her queenly apparel, but she put on her queenly apparel, and she again appealed to her king husband, and she saved Israel. Esther, a woman that saved her own country from extermination, through being fearless, through being faithful, 
through seeking to do what she could. God elevates women in the Bible. Miriam is a brave daughter who became a brave national leader. Deborah is a brave woman who became a woman of faith that went into battle with Barak. Esther, a heroic queen woman who saved her nation from national slaughter. These are some heroines of history, Hebrew heroes or heroines. Let's close as we consider the word of God. Let us try to do what we can to be a help to our country, our family, and to our kindred.